This is Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. The topic for today's episode is lead generation for the mortgage industry. Here to speak with me is Luke Shankula, who is the CEO of Paragon Digital Marketing Group. Luke is a leading mortgage marketing expert. With his results-focused services, he aims to help people systemize their work and go beyond lead generation. Besides running a successful seven-figure mortgage marketing agency, Luke has spoken at several Legion of Loan Officer events. Luke, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, let's start off with what are those legions of loan officer events? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no. So, so legion of loan officers is a uh, basically a mastermind um, that uh, one of my buddies runs it, and so he he has these events on a yearly basis. Obviously, COVID has, has caused a little bit of issues there, but yeah, it's just a it's just a mastermind event that that I've spoken at a couple times, uh, just kind of talking about lead generation, different strategies that loan officers can use to generate leads. Uh, and to leverage different platforms to basically, you know, grow their business. I see. Okay. Well, listen, before we go into the actual topic, uh, in today's topic, um, let's let's talk a little bit more about yourself. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. Um, how did you get started with marketing? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty crazy story, right? So uh, back in 2016, I was uh, working for a mortgage, a mortgage company, a mortgage lender in the uh, mortgage industry, right? And they, in June of 2016, I was one of the top producing account executives, right? So what my goal was, or my job was to attract new mortgage brokers to work with us to basically send business to us, right? Uh, in, in, in July of 2016, they decided to, uh, they, they were having some financial issues, they decided to lay off a whole bunch of people. And what ended up happening was a lot of uh, my clients, a lot of the people that were sending this business, uh, ended up leaving just because we we lost you know basically our our turn times went crazy and it was taking longer for us to do things uh, plus you know our pricing was way off in comparison to our competitors right and so uh, I, I I fell in almost to this like I wouldn't I don't necessarily say I went went all the way full full depression but I was pretty mad I was blaming everybody but myself I you know I started drinking stuff like that I was super negative and so um, I basically you know I went through this whole period and then. Uh, in, I think it was like October of 2016, I just randomly started listening to uh, this the podcast Entrepreneur on Fire. And so he started talking about all kinds of different things, starting your own business. You know, obviously, obviously he was interviewing uh, different entrepreneurs every single day. And so it started kind of getting my, my wheels spinning in my head, like, oh, maybe I can do something for myself. Uh, so I started talking to a couple of buddies about maybe doing something, starting a mortgage shop, you know, stuff like that. In January of 2017, uh, basically that business decided to shut down, um, and so we all got laid off in January. And so I was like, "Wow, this is a perfect opportunity to start my own thing." So I, I with a buddy, a couple, a couple buddies were like, "Oh, let's start this, this company, right?" And so we kind of started talking about it, and then they just quickly fell off. And so I tried to start a mortgage processing company. Uh, got a couple clients there. Realized really quickly that I didn't want to do that. Uh, then I started, uh, and then I tried to get my, I got my license to become a loan officer myself. 
and realized pretty quickly that I didn't want to do that also. But uh, during that time, I started learning Facebook ads, started learning marketing, and I, I basically fell deeply in love with marketing, right? I was like, man, this is, this is amazing. And so uh, around June of 2017, I decided that I wanted to start trying to do this for other people. So I officially launched my marketing agency, and I'm using air quotes because uh, agency basically meant that I didn't have any clients and I was just by myself trying to to make it work right and so uh, you know finally picked up my first client around August of that year but you know lost him a month later uh, picked up another client a little bit later lost in like a month or two and so it just was kind of this this perpetual you know picking up clients losing them and so there's a lot of growth that had to happen um, but that's kind of the, the journey to uh, starting uh, doing marketing, right? Is like I kind of almost fell into it because of a need as I was trying to start a business, and that's kind of how I fell into marketing. Interesting. So, what have you changed between 2017 and now that I assume you're no longer losing clients you know, a month after you acquire them? Otherwise, you will be you will have to be an awesome salesperson because you continuously have to fill the pipe <laughs> new prospects, right? Right. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot has changed. Right. And so, you know, obviously I got much better at running ads. Uh, I was able to, you know, so a couple of the different things that we did is we initially, the first thing that I started with was I, I tried to generate as many cheap leads as possible, thinking that that's what they wanted was just, Hey, more, more leads, right. That was, you know, almost a vanity metric of how can I get as cheap a quality, cheap leads. But what I found pretty quickly, especially in this industry like mortgage, where, you know, there's specific qualifications that people need in order to qualify to, to, to buy a home or to refinance, right? And so uh, I was just trying to generate as many cheap leads as possible. And what that ended up doing was, one, it overwhelmed the loan officers, two, they didn't have a sales process, three, a lot of them didn't qualify, right? And so I was like, all right, how do I, in, how do I improve the quality of these leads? So what I started doing was I started generating, and, and I took a couple courses, I basically figured out how to run long form leads. What basically that means is we actually started running people through surveys and they were filling out 12, 13, 14 questions. And so the intent of the leads went way up, right? People are actually taking the time to fill in all these different questions to see whether or not they qualify uh, for a mortgage, right? And so uh, that was the first sort of step that we did to to improve the quality. And I say we, it still was me at the time by myself. Um, and, and so uh, that was like kind of the first step. The next thing was like, okay, these people these are higher quality or higher intent, but yet the quality is still low, right? Because one of the things we were doing is we were we were talking about 0% financing. We were talking about uh, low down payment, th things like that, right? And so what we were attracting was people that had no money, bad credit, and couldn't qualify for a loan, right? So the, the leads are still pretty cheap, but the, and, and the intent was high because like, I want to buy a house. Like I actually want to buy a house but you know they have a 400 credit score and zero money saved, uh, and they make twenty thousand dollars a year. You know they just weren't ever going to qualify for a loan. And so the next thing we did was, is, is, and again, this is me. I keep saying weak because I don't know. That's just what I'm used to. Um, now as as we've grown to, to a team of thirteen, but uh, back then it was just me. And so one thing that we did is we started changing, or I started changing the ads. Right? Like, okay, how are we going to attract people that uh, that qualify for a loan? So we started targeting people like teachers, first responders, healthcare professionals. Uh, we started calling those people out in the ads and targeting those sorts of people. And lo and behold, the quality went up and I started getting clients that were, you know, having success. But one thing that I realized was that most of these people didn't have a good follow-up process. So we introduced a automated system where we would actually include 
uh, a CRM that had automations, emails, text, voicemail drops, things like that. And so we were trying to start conversations. We started seeing 40 to 60% response rates. But then we were still losing clients. And we found basically that the, the problem was they were getting the responses and yet they still couldn't convert. Uh, so in uh, 2000, I think it was the tail end of 2019, uh, we decided to, and this, at this point now we did have some, some, some staff, uh, we decided at that point to, to bring on um, some, one of our, our clients that was doing well as a coach. So we were like, hey, let's just test this out. And so we brought him on to basically train loan officers on how to convert internet leads, right? Because a lot of times what happens is a lot of times what people will do is they, they think that just throwing a bunch of leads into a broken uh, system is going to lead, basically just buying a bunch of leads is going to lead to more sales. But the reality is that throwing a bunch of leads into a broken system just leads, leads to broken results. So we, we learned that we needed to basically teach our loan officers the whole entire process. So it's like, how do we get them as close to the sale as possible? And how do we essentially coach them into uh, learning how to convert these leads because it's a very different process. So that's been the, the sort of the evolution. There's some other things that we do as well, but I'm, I've already gone on for a little bit. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, a lot of things that, that you mentioned, and you, we, we had a quick chat prior to this recording about mm -hmm. how digital marketing in general across industries is pretty much similar. I mean, mm -hmm. there are specific when it comes to specific industries, but the general approach is, is the same. Obviously, you have different messages, etc. But what you just talked about, this process of, of, of lead generation. So first, you know, let's send or, or create as many leads as possible. That's what they want, right? It's quantity over quality, basically. Sure. And then you've identified, well, you know what? That's not the solution, right? I, I could send them so many leads, but if they don't convert, they're going to be unhappy at the right. end of the day. Right. And then he's like, okay, what's the problem here? Um, let's, let's figure the first thing out. Let's, let's improve the quality, which you did, but you kind of found another challenge with that increased quality because you attracted people that would never qualify for a loan. Right. So you, you went the next step in, in kind of further qualifying or improving the process. And then finally, I think where you ended up is, is with a system that not only optimizes the media buying part, which is obviously the first step where you generate leads. But then you basically said, you know what? If the, if the sales process is not optimized, if that's broken from a setup perspective and whatnot, then the best leads will not help a company. Right. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's very interesting because, you know, we have had here on this podcast, but also in, in, in my conversation with, with, with prospects and clients, the same information across several industries, and it, it right. sounds—it's—it's it's everywhere the same. You know, it's like yep, yep, yep. You—you—you you, you can do the best work from marketing agency perspective, um, if if there is not a proper process with your client or on your client side, you will still fail. And I think that's right. probably also where where us as agencies have to move towards, and not only say, well, you know, our responsibility is to get leads. Here they are, and everything else you have to figure out. Um, right. I think there's a there's an importance for us as, as agencies to see how we can help our clients overcome that part. It goes more into consultation, I believe, right. than necessarily media buying, obviously, but it's, it kind of helps us also to retain, to retain client and to build strong relationships at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's pivotal. I think that's the future of, of marketing agencies really is, 
you know, obviously you can take a couple different approaches. You can, you can churn clients like crazy. And like you mentioned, like sell a bunch of people, um, or, or you can solve problems at a higher level. And, and, you know, that's, that's what my goal is, right. Is, is I want to keep people around long-term and I want to see the results, uh, of, of what my marketing provides because I know we have a good system, but you know, it's, it's getting people to buy into the process that's required to see success. Like that's yeah. the biggest uh, hurdle. I think that that agencies face today is like, yeah, man, like the biggest thing, especially if you're running something like Facebook ads or anything that's this disruption type of marketing, because what it does is it exposes people to their greatest weakness, which is sales. And what's funny enough is in most industries, people think they're good at sales, right? Like they have this, this, this ego around this fact that they're good at sales because they can close 75% of their referrals. It's like, well, anybody can close 75% of referrals, you know, like that's not sales. You know what I mean? Like cold leads, like, that's a, that's a totally different process that needs to be followed versus a referral or something, someone that came in organically, like even SEO versus Facebook ads is going to be a very different approach uh, yeah. because the intent levels are very much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Well, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about uh, mortgage marketing in general, right? So sure. obviously at the moment, um, you know, just for the listeners, um, Luke, you are obviously down in San Diego. I'm just outside of Los Angeles. Here in California, the housing market is crazy. Right. You know, housing prices are increasing. I'm not 100% sure if that's the same across the, the country. Just but you know, taking that as an, as an example, if the, if the housing market is so hot, does that mean the mortgage industry is positively impacted as well? Yeah, I mean, so so there's a couple a couple different factors that are influencing um, you know the the huge surge in demand, and part of it is it has been that that rates have been at, at historical lows here basically since the the start of the pandemic, right? So you know rates were still already uh, historically low even prior to the pandemic, right? They were in the threes, uh, which which if you look at the context of of the rate market over the last you know few decades, that's that's really low. Um, but then the then the pandemic hit and because the government was buying bonds, they were buying all these, you know, uh, basically they were, they were flooding the market with, with money. It drove rates down. Um, and so what that, what happened was like, there was so much opportunity to go out one to refinance. So yeah, loan officers have been absolutely slammed with refinances. Um, but then on the purchase market as well, it's, it's been crazy because, uh, you know, so many pe- more people can qualify and also you can buy so much more home, uh, with with the rates. So with a market that hot, what's the importance of digital marketing for mortgage companies? Well, interestingly enough, um, it's it's been it's been a little bit of a struggle to to find uh, loan officers that that are that are willing to invest in a program like this, really, because you know, and we've grown, we grew throughout 2020, but the, the reality is, so many loan officers are so busy that like. You know, I'm, I'm running, you know, probably about 15 grand a month in my own ads to, to attract loan officers. And I constantly get people commenting on like, if you need leads right now, you need to get out of the mortgage industry. And because they're just so busy, right? And that's one of the biggest things that we found is, you know, while people have the capacity money-wise, they don't have the capacity time-wise to handle more leads, right? And so that's been a big sort of problem. And, and, and to me as a marketing agency, a, a higher rate market is actually more beneficial for me uh, because you know the reality is that they don't have leads falling from the sky. Not every single person you know that owns a house can can refinance because because of how low the rates have gotten, right? And so, um, it's but it, but in my opinion, the importance of marketing during this time is the people that are thinking long term that understand that this 
the rate market is not going to be around forever, and they're building their purchase pipeline for the future because a lot of a lot of loan officers are focusing on refinances, which means they're neglecting the referral partners, they're neglecting their purchase pipelines, and at some point, inevitably, like we just saw, you know, almost a half a point increase, the rates are going to go up, and so you know that that refinance volume is just going to go away and there's not going to be leads falling from the sky. So they're going to have to find some sort of a solution to get, to get leads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if we, if we take the current situation out of, out of the picture, right. A lot of finance related industries are very competitive across different digital marketing platforms. I mean, click mm -hmm. prices for Google ads can be as much as $50 and more. Right. 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 How can mortgage businesses generate leads efficiently today? Yeah, so we, I mean, we primarily use uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're also doing some YouTube stuff. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the Google, uh, the Google experts, um, but I know that there's people out there that are that are generating leads for, for fairly cheap. But obviously, they're not optimizing for words like mortgage, uh, because you know, if, if not, you're, you're you're trying to play with the big boys. So obviously, you got to be a little better at uh, you know long tail keywords and things like that, which you're optimizing for just kind of more hyper local keywords is what you really want to focus on if you're you're doing Google. But again, I'm not the expert there. So we we leverage Facebook, Instagram, and, and some YouTube as well to basically use interruption based marketing to find people that are in the market, potentially in the market, thinking about being in the market. Uh, we're finding that, you know, generally cost per lead is, is fairly cheap, right? I mean, you can find you know, leads for, depending on the market, anywhere as low as a dollar. I've even seen lower than that uh, for the type of leads we do, which are long form, to as much as $40, $50, depending on the market and depending on the time uh, the time of year and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of different variables uh, that, that go in there and the type of industry that you're, you're targeting as well. Um, but I think, you know, it's still like that, that beats a lot of times, you know, buying leads from these big players like Zillow who charge, you know, $100, $100 plus a lead. And then, um, you know, a lot of times they'll even sell those leads multiple times. Luke, earlier I talked about how you improved your approach from quantity over quality to focusing on quality leads and helping your clients improve their sales process. How do you feed back information on what leads turn into sales? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing there is, I mean, you know, we, we don't have any sort of sophisticated program like that. So, so mostly it just comes, comes down to getting feedback directly from our clients on what's working and what's not. So generally what we'll do is we'll, we'll test a couple different angles on the front end. So like I mentioned, we go teachers, healthcare professionals, first responders, veterans, uh, and we target those sorts of our first on home bars. We talk to these sorts of, you know, we, we put out ads for those sorts of uh, angles. And so what we do is we, we generally start with two or three different angles and, and then say, hey, you know, give us feedback. What's going on? What's the feedback? Because that's that's generally what we do and say, hey, like we'll actually scale the one that's working the best for you, right? So if it's the first responders, then we'll just shut off everything else and we'll just put all the budget towards first responder because, you know, they're, they're the ones that are going to be able to give us the real-time data um, as far as, like, conversations. The biggest thing with loans is it, it's a long sales cycle, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, they don't, they don't get just paid right away. So it's like, all right, well, are the green applications? Are the people actually qualifying? You know, they, do they have income or do they have too much debt? And so that's the sort of information that we're, we're, we're picking up on um, and getting that feedback directly from our clients so that we know, okay, well, this, this angle isn't working in this market. Because the thing is, like, just because it works in one market doesn't mean it works in another market. In addition to that, sometimes it comes down to the actual uh, the actual LO, right? Like, you know, maybe an LO used to be a first responder, and so they connect really well with first responders, 
or you know maybe they they have a family member that's a first responder maybe they're a former veteran so they connect better with veterans and so sometimes it just comes down to preference um, as far as like what do they connect with and what are they able to, to convert at a higher level and that's that's really the data that we pass back through is just like you know customer feedback at this point, we don't have any super sophisticated, uh, you know, metrics that we're tracking. Uh, it is something that we're, you know, looking at doing is potentially tracking some of that to actually do some offline conversions and stuff like that to, to track that back into audiences. With with uh, unfortunately with housing stuff on Facebook, we don't have a lot of wiggle room as far as choosing audiences uh, and things like that because because of uh, you know compliance and. Uh, legal uh, legal things we actually have to choose the housing uh, the housing category which doesn't allow us to do a lot of different targetings yeah. um, and so unfortunately we can no longer do a lot of things that we used to be able to do we used to be able to exclude like people that had you know lower credit and you mm -hmm. know stuff like that but you know we create lookalikes and then exclude people that say they have a low credit uh, but you, you know unfortunately we can't do that anymore yeah yeah so with with that handicap let's call it that way um, yeah. How how have you adopted? Because that that requires you as a media buying company to adopt your approach, right? If right. you're no longer able to fine tune your targeting, you need to find other ways to only attract people that you know fit the roster, so to speak. Um, sure. So how how do you do that? So we use uh, the, the the primary way we do that is um, we segment our traffic using Pixel. Uh, so essentially, anybody who self-reports 620 credit or less, we send to a thank you page that doesn't have a pixel on it, right? So uh, essentially, what we're telling Facebook is we want more people that look like the sort of people that say they have a 620 credit or better, right? So mm -hmm. obviously, Facebook uh, Facebook doesn't know what we're optimizing for, but you know, as as Facebook has been gathering all this data from everyone over the last 14, 15 years, or whatever, however long they've been around, uh, they've put they've essentially grouped people into buyer pools or into persona pools, right? And so what yeah. they'll do is they'll pull these characteristics uh, from each user and say, okay, well these these all these people have these things in common, so let's go find more of these types of people, right? So then what we do is we obviously we're calling them out in the ad, we're calling you know because we have to be more relevant now because in the past. What we could do is we could literally target first responders. We could target, yeah. you know, but now we can't do that because that's not no longer an available targeting option. So we use specific pixels that that are essentially, I would call them trained uh, to go after those sorts of people. But essentially, you know, we optimize them to go after those sorts of people uh, because we also have a relevant ad copy, relevant images, relevant uh, headlines that are calling out the specific audience. Yeah. Right. And so you know we're able to use bigger, broader audiences. And I actually find that, um, you know, it was it was tough at first, right? Like when we switched and I had to figure it out, but I find that sometimes it's even cheaper costs uh, and just allowing Facebook to breathe and allowing Facebook to, to go out and find the right people as long as you're able to feed it the right data. Because if you feed it, if you feed it that the 620 and lower credit scores are good, Facebook is going to go out and try to find more of those people because they say, hey, I'm trying to find the cheapest cost per action. And so, if you're optimized, if, if if you're you know if you're still firing the pixel on 580, uh, 580 and below, Facebook's going to go find more people that look like those people that say they have a 580 because that's the cheapest. You know, people are desperate. They they don't have they don't have money. They don't have credit. And so they're like, yeah, sure, like I'll I'll opt into this. Um, and so you don't want to continue to feed it that that bad data. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So what you're basically doing is you you build specific uh, lookalike pools. Well, we're we're just basically using the pixel. 
not even so much because you can't even use lookalikes. It's special audiences, and we've tested special audiences. It doesn't seem to work very well um, because it doesn't have the same. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't allow us to do lookalikes. They call them the lookalike under the housing is called special audiences, but it doesn't tend to work as well, right? And so we we just use just pixels that we share. So we have. I know with iOS 14, we're going to have to adjust again, um, but. But we basically share, you know, this, those five pixels across all of our accounts. So all of our clients leverage the same pixel data um, yeah. across all of all of their different accounts, so that we have a first responder pixel, a teacher pixel, a healthcare pixel, and so those ultimately uh, uh, are able to gather that data. And I know people talk about, uh, you know, the data is all stored at the ad account level, but I've seen uh, I've seen the opposite be true. Um, maybe um, maybe it's just a uh, placebo effect, but seems to work uh, with what we do. So interesting. Well, that obviously you know is the fact that you are focusing on the mortgage industry, so you're going after the same people um, makes that possible at the end of the day, right? Um, the sharing, right? Of right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now you mentioned earlier that you almost have to retrain or train the the mortgage officer, the loan officers uh, on, on how to deal with these online leads because, you know, you said closing referrals is, is much easier than closing online leads. How can mortgage professionals or loan officers, for that case, be more efficient with the leads? What is What have you identified specifically that they do wrong and, and they need to do in order to close more online leads? I mean, I think the the first the first thing uh, the first thing that we addressed obviously was the follow up process, which is why we introduced the automations, right? And so the first thing is having a good dialed in uh, follow up process, uh, both from an automated standpoint, but also from a manual standpoint. And I think the biggest thing that people fail at is calling once or twice and thinking, well, that lead is not interested, so I'm not going to call them anymore. And the reality is that uh, uh, the perfect prospect requires a persistent professional, right? My my buddy basically came up with that sort of phrase and it's, I loved it because what the reality is the people that are most qualified, uh, the people have the money, they have credit, they have down payment, those sorts of people are more likely than not to be busy, to not be desperate, so they're not picking up the phone in the middle of the day. And so people have this misperception that you're bugging someone if you're calling them and the reality is like the, the faster you can call them and you know calling them multiple times, at least six times, you're actually gonna be able to capture a much larger percentage of the people out of that that buyer pool, um, because you know they, they sometimes they need that extra the extra push, um, and they need that extra follow up. And so that's the first piece. Obviously, is having a dialed in follow up process where you're touching them at least six you know six before you give up. Um, you know, and that's the, the, one of the biggest problems that I see. Second thing is uh, not having a good sales process. Right, assuming you know. I don't know, like a lot of times they'll, they'll talk to someone like, oh, they weren't interested. And the reality is a lot of times because, you know, they are coming from Facebook, it is interruption marketing. They don't know, like, or trust you. You have to build that. You have to understand that, you know, the consumer is constantly looking for a red flag. And if you give them any opportunities to get out, right, they don't want to make, they have this fear-based response. And a lot of times people will have this brush off excuse of like, oh, I'm not interested. And it's like, well, did you, you know, are you not John dough that just filled out 10, 12 questions and are you not looking to buy here in, you know, San Diego for $350,000? Oh yeah, yeah, I filled that out, but I was just, I was just looking. Right. And so then you can kind of get into the actual conversation of like, what is it that you're looking for? Right. And I think so many times people just take, take the initial objection as truth and, you know, 
people are liars. People don't tell the truth. People don't, uh, you know, they, they filled out that many pieces of information. They're interested, right? And so uh, part of it then comes down to this conversation. Are you, what is your process? And a lot of people don't have scripts or they try to educate people into buying, right? And, and the reality is that people don't buy things that make sense. People buy when they have a problem and an intense desire to solve that problem and do so now. And what, what, what our job is as sales professionals is to uh, basically agitate that pain to discomfort so that at some point they seek a solution to that and you can show them that the solution is your, your service, right? And a lot of times people just wanna give them all the information and then hope they buy. Uh, and then people aren't, aren't asking for the sale either, right? Like they don't, they don't ask for the application. They don't ask to, to, to do the next steps. And they also don't uh, set expectations on future. They don't future pace them on what to expect next. What's the next steps of this process, right? There's so many different little nuances to the sales process that needs to be followed. And again, if, if anything, if any part of the process seems off, the consumer is like, awesome, I knew this was a scam. Right. I knew this wasn't, I knew this was too good to be true. I knew whatever, right? So they're looking for reasons not to buy. Uh, so if you don't have a dialed in process, it's very easy to lose people that way. That makes total sense. Now, what you just said to me sounds like problems I have seen heard of across a lot of industries. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's anything specific to the mortgage industry. It sounds like challenges salespeople have, period. You know, it's like right. don't follow up enough. You know, things like, oh, I called them two or three times, didn't pick up. Right. Um, well, you know, I actually, you know, what I always reference is, you know, 10 to 12 times is the ideal touch points that you need to have right. to, to start talking to someone, not even to close something. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't be pushed off. I mean, there's a reason why they fill it all in the, or right. fill the form. Uh, you know, so just get into a conversation. I think that it's really an education topic. You know, it's, it's an education problem that a lot of people get thrown into that sales role and then um, they just lack the basic knowledge to handle objections, for example, right. or right. what the right process is. And, and I think that's, that's kind of responsibility of the employer to provide them with the right information so that they can be more successful. Now, We're unfortunately coming towards the end of, of this uh, podcast recording today, Luke. Before I let you go, um, what are some top tips you have for mortgage professionals as it relates to generating leads? Sure. As, as far as actually generating leads, um, you know, my suggestions are for anybody who wants to generate leads is, is uh, never talk about 0% financing or you know, down payment assistance type of programs. Or, or talking about your lowest that you can go on credit scores and things like that. Because what ends up happening is like, while those sound like good angles to attract people, what ends up happening is you're actually gonna attract the wrong people uh, that don't qualify, that don't have money. And so, you know, basically trying to filter people out a little bit because the reality is you're still gonna be at people that need down payment and still don't have good credit. And so you don't wanna attract more of those type of people that just aren't gonna qualify or gonna waste your time, right? So that's the first tip. Second tip is, Uh, I think filling out a, an online survey is, is huge as far as increasing intent and, and increasing friction in the process. And the more friction you introduce, the higher quality and the higher intent those leads are, right? And so uh, that's super pivotal too if you don't want to waste your time with a bunch of people that don't qualify or a bunch of people that – because the reality is even with the, the extra friction, right, like, you know, average conversion uh, in, the, in the mortgage industry is like, you know, 1% to 3% are, are good – Good guys are taking you know between 10 to 30 percent application and they're like you know five to ten percent closing but average is really one to three percent and like you know kind of normal like some 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 top some better performers are closing at like three to five percent but in the mortgage industry that's printing money 
Um, you know, it's kind of understanding that, but I would say really the average is probably closer to 1% uh, based off of, you know, not following up, not having a good sales process, not understanding how this works. So, you know, the biggest thing, right, is having, you know, not attracting, uh, not attracting people that, that don't have any money, qualifying them in a little bit. And then really the third is don't generate leads unless, uh, unless you have a process, right? Or, or generate leads, but understand that you need to create a process to convert these leads and not give up a month in when you haven't closed a single deal because you, you're not following up enough. Uh, you're not saying the right things, you know, all of these things, right? So, so again, being a little bit more patient, but also having that system to follow up. Well, Luke, thank you so much. Um, thank you for joining the Performance Delivered Podcast and sharing your knowledge on uh, lead generation for the mortgage industry. Um, if people want to find out more about you and your company, how can they get in touch? Sure, sure. So uh, you can check out our website, paragondmg.com. So it's like Paragon Digital Marketing Group, but paragondmg.com. Uh, or you can find me on Facebook. I mean, I'm pretty active on Facebook. Uh, you add me there, you know, shoot me a message or something there. And that's probably the easiest, uh, easiest ways to get a hold of us. That's good. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.